want to welcome everyone to another episode of the Light Post Podcast. Hey, I hope everyone is blessed. I hope you're off to an exciting, great new year and that the Lord is blessing you. Uh, the Light Post Podcast, here we endeavor to cast light on God's Word on the issues that impact our lives. My name is Pastor Corey Davis, and the topic that I want to discuss today will be getting back on the right track. That's getting back on the right track. Have you ever been on the wrong track? Have you ever got discouraged in life and you ran into a bunch of issues and problems and life circumstances and it kind of got you off track, uh, caused you to lose your focus? Well, hopefully in this lesson, uh, we're going to discuss some things that's going to help you get back on the right track and get you refocused and get you get you going down that narrow road that Christ has called you to. So I want to start out by giving you a story, and this actually was a true story. It happened to me on one of the jobs that I worked on, uh, one of my employers. Uh, so I want to start off with a story. Several years ago, I worked for a chemical company, and this particular day, I was working as a materials handler moving rail cars on the railroad tracks. And if anyone has worked on the railroad, uh, you know that there are some there is something called switches that control the direction of the train uh, which the the train is able to go and the tracks which track the train is actually able to go on. Some switches are powered and can be controlled remotely and some are manual and require a person to physically pull a lever to change uh, to another track. So this lever, you know, if you, you turn it a certain way, it'll uh, put you on this track to the right. If you turn it another way, it'll put you on another track. So those the levers are control are used to control uh, the switch and turn the track so that you can go on the right track. So this particular day, we needed to switch uh, to another track. And my coworker was on the ground moving the manual switch so that we can go to the right track. As I approached the location on the tracks where the switch was, the rail car started to move back and forward. And then all of a sudden it straightened up. My coworker then immediately ran up to me and he asked me if I knew what had just happened. He then began to tell me that the Lord was with us and that when he initially moved the switch lever, it did not lock in place, which caused the train to start derailing, but then it stopped and got back on track. Praise God. Hallelujah. I have a question for you. Have you ever been in a situation where you got off track? And we're about to derail because of life circumstances. And I talked about this earlier. But because God was faithful, hallelujah, you cried out to him and he placed you back on the right track. How many out there have been on the wrong track before? It may have been a sickness. It may have been a disease. Uh, it could have been your children, issues with your kids or problems on your job. You know, the Bible says in this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. And I always tell people that one thing that's guaranteed in life, and that's trouble, that's problems. But God, the Bible says he delivers us from from them all. Remember, Israel cried out uh, to God when they were in Egypt in bondage uh, in the book of Exodus. And God heard their cries and sent Moses to deliver them. We're going to look at Exodus 2, 23 through 24. That's Exodus 2, 23 through 24. This is the New King James Version. 
It said, now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of their bondage. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. So we know that Israel is in Egypt because prior to this, there's a famine, and and Joseph is sold into slavery. Uh, his brothers threw him in a pit, but he God raised him up. God heard his cry. He went from the pit to Potiphar's house, to the dungeon, to second in command of all Egypt because God had the favor on him and his brothers were jealous of him. So this is how the Israelites actually got into Egypt. So Israel cried out and God sent a deliverer. We know the story of Moses. God sent Moses to deliver uh Israel out of Egypt. Uh, remember the blood that was on the doorpost and the death angel that passed throughout uh, Egypt and killed the firstborn of all Egypt. And also, remember Israel, they were safe. They were in Goshen. They had the blood on the doorpost and God uh, sent the destroyer, but the destroyer did not destroy them because they recovered. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Also, Israel was oppressed by the Midianites for seven years. That's in Judges 6. They cried out to God, and he heard them and sent a prophet. He sent an angel and Gideon also to help them in their deliverance, and they defeated the Midianites with 300 men. God sent Gideon. Uh, he had 32,000 men, and God said, that's too many to deliver you. And he got it all the way down to 300 people. And Gideon didn't even believe in himself. He was thrashing wheat by the wine press. But God spoke to him and he told him, go in the strength that you have. In other words, I'm going to give you what you need, Gideon. Just go and believe me. And Gideon, we find out he goes from being someone scared and uh, hiding to being a mighty uh, general uh, over Israel. And God sent him with 300 men and he was victorious. So uh, 300 men, and he was victorious. So God is able to deliver us no matter what we're going through and to put us back on the right track when we get off. Let's look at Psalms 34 and 15. That's Psalms 34 and 15. It says, The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. Hallelujah. His ears are attentive to their cry. Attentive in verse 15 means to move towards or be near. It means to move towards or be near. So simply uh, what this means is that when we cry to God, even as Israel did when they were uh, in Egypt, as what they did when the Midianites oppressed them, when we cry to God in prayer, it causes him to move towards us and be Jehovah Jireh, I provide. I'm going to read that again. So it simply means that when we cry to God in prayer, that it causes him to move toward us and be Jehovah Jireh in our situation, our provider. Hallelujah. So we don't have to look for God. When we're going through, when we're dealing with certain things, all we got to do is cry out to God. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous avail it much. Men should always pray, always pray. Pray without ceasing, which simply means that it should always be a practice on your heart. It should always be a constant connection with God that we're praying throughout the day, giving God the glory, the honor in every situation. So we should pray 
uh, without ceasing. When we look at the world today, we see what happens in the absence of prayer. Amen. We see what's going on with gun violence in our school and the wars that we're dealing with, our government and corruption, uh, gun violence, abortion, and all these things. This, uh, the Bible says, Matthew 24, it's the beginning of many sorrows because we've forgotten God. Jeremiah 33 and 3, we're going to look at that. Very familiar scripture, one of my favorite. Uh, Call to me. And I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you did not know. How do you call God? You call him in prayer. That's how you return back to God. Uh, if my people who are called by my name, the Bible says, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and heal their land. We return back to God through prayer. We get back on the right track with God through prayer. You may have messed up. You may have made some bad decisions. You may have made some mistakes. You may have uh, done things that made you feel like it wasn't any hope, but your hope is in Jesus. Uh, He'll answer your prayers. Uh, He said, if we confess our sins uh, before him, he's faithful. He's just to forgive us uh, and cleanse us from, uh, forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He's not like man who condemns you and never, ever forgives you and just always want to hold that over your shoulder. But God forgives you. He He gave his son Jesus so that you could live. So God did not, so God did not give us what we deserve. Remember when we sinned, he didn't give us what we deserve. We were deserving of hell. We were deserving of death, but he didn't give us what we deserve. But it was because of his grace and mercy and his favor on our lives that we're still here. Somebody say, I've got the favor on my life. Somebody say, I've got the grace of God on my life. Somebody say, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, tell me, where would I be? So we're thankful that God was with us, that he doesn't sit around counting our sins or uh, the Bible says he's removed our sins for us as far as the north is from the south, the east is from the west, and the heavens are from the earth. He's removed our sins and our transgressions. So we don't have to worry about it. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. Let's look at Romans 5 and 8. I hope this is blessing you, Romans 5 and 8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So just because we messed up, just because we were sinners, Christ didn't come off the cross. He died for every sin that we could possibly commit uh, in the future, right now, and ongoing. Christ died for us even when we were sinners. We didn't have to uh, do anything to deserve it. We didn't do anything to deserve it. He gave his life so that we can live. And grace is receiving something that you don't deserve. In other words, you didn't work for it. You didn't keep God's will so holy uh, that you deserved it. You didn't do so so good or been so perfect or so kind or you did so many great things to deserve it. No, it's because of the grace and mercy. And grace and mercy is in that covenant of Jesus Christ when he redeemed us uh, back to himself. He made an exchange of, of our sins for his righteousness. Romans 3 and 23 says, For all have sinned and came short of the glory of God. We are not perfect. There's no perfect person in the world. The greatest men that God called in the Bible, they were with sin. They were not perfect, but God 
use them to do great things. Look at uh, Moses, look at David, uh, look at Solomon, and on and on and on throughout the Bible, Jacob. They were not perfect, but God used them to do great things. So don't try to, don't beat yourself up because you make mistakes and that you sin and that you fall short. We've all fall short, but the Bible says that we have come nigh to Christ because of the blood. So because of what Jesus Christ did, which is a complete finished work, we now have access to the most holy place. We have access beyond the veil. We have access to go right to Christ uh, and ask for whatever we want according to his will. And we can cast every care. I always say that cast every care, every problem, every situation on the Lord. We were not made to deal with our own problems. We were not made uh, to handle our own, our own issues. We have to give them to God and he'll answer our prayers. So we see that all have sinned, but we don't have to focus on the sin because we've been redeemed, hallelujah, somebody, by the blood of the land. Sometimes we focus on the wrong things. Sometimes we focus on the sin and what we've done to where we forget about the covenant that we have. We forget about the agreement with, with, with God that we can return the word of God back to him. He said his word doesn't return void, but it'll prosper in the thing that is sent out to do. So we need to learn how uh, to return God's word back to him. We need to learn how to speak life and death is in the power of the tongue. And so we have to be careful what we speak. We should speak things that lines up with the word of God, because uh, that's where the agreement is. And we can appeal before the high courts of heaven. Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father, the Bible says, declaring us rights, righteous. He's advocating for us, uh, making sure that the enemy can't bring any accusations against us. And when he tries, and he will try, because Satan is an accuser of the brethren, he will try, but guess what? Jesus Christ said, I died for him. I bled for him. I redeemed him. I gave my life so that he can live. There was an exchange for him. He is mine. Hallelujah. So the enemy would try to throw you off track, just like that switch that wouldn't lock. I was getting ready to derail if God wouldn't have stepped in. So it's like that switch that's locked. He wants to, uh, that's not locked, uh, does not see it in good. He wants to throw you off track with the cares of life and all these things that cause you to forget about who you are in Christ and you lose your identity. So the enemy will always throw you off track by making you focus on problems of what you have done instead of the promises. We have precious promises in Christ. How many people know that? Uh, we've got promises. We've got uh, commandments. We've got uh, laws. We've got uh things that Christ has given us through this covenant in Jesus Christ's blood, that we can call God back on his word. Uh, he's redeemed us from that law of sin and death, the endemic sin from Adam and Eve and all the sins that are of our forefathers. Uh, he blessed us in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. That's our divine potential. We've been divinely blessed with the things of the heavenly realms. Amen. And so the way that we unlock the things that are up there is by speaking the word of God, speaking the truth. The Bible said we'll know the truth and the truth will set us free. The truth will pull heaven to earth. And that's the issue is that people speak a whole lot of stuff, but they don't speak the truth of God's word. For God's word, the Bible says, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathways. I hope this is blessing somebody. Let's look at 1 John 1 and 9. First John 1 and 9, 
The way back to God is easy. Man is the one that makes things so hard. Jesus Christ, he loved us with an unfailing love. And faith in Jesus Christ is how we get access to this new covenant. Without faith, it's impossible uh, to believe. Without faith, the Bible says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. The only way we can please him is through faith, and that's a belief system in the unseen God, knowing that he can do exceedingly and abundantly above all things. So 1 John 1 and 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All we have to do is confess. Uh, that word confess there comes from a Greek word, homologio, homologio, which means to say what has been said or say what God says about us. You know, it's easy to say what mom and daddy said, what grandma said and all this kind of stuff. But what does God say about us? What's our true confession? Does it lined up, line up with the word of God? So that should be our confession. So the cleansing, so, so I'm going to read it again. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, which means that there's nothing so bad, there's nothing so terrible, there's nothing so rough or tough that God can't forgive us. That's what I'm trying to say. All unrighteousness, doesn't matter what it, what it is, what you've done, you can come to Christ. The Bible says you can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in your time of need. Guess what? Because the veil has been rent, it's been torn, you have access. Jesus Christ has become our high priest and we have the access to enter in. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the cleansing referred to, and it says that he'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The cleansing referred to in 1 John 1 refers to the redemptive blood of Jesus Christ that washed away your sins and brought you into the covenant relationship with the Father. I'm going to read that again. The cleansing that's referred to in 1 John 1 and 1 John 1 refers to the redemptive blood of Jesus Christ that washed away your sins and brought you into the covenant relationship with the Father. So many people give up on themselves. So many people uh, put themselves down, undermine themselves, uh, discount themselves. But just remember, you did not die for yourself. You didn't die on the cross. You didn't give your life so that others might live, but you were a recipient of the promises of God, the grace of God. Jesus died for you. So he has the final say so. He didn't come down just because you were in sin. So realize that your redemption comes through the blood of Jesus. Nothing that uh, you do, nothing that you've done, nothing that you can possibly do that's going to, des going to deserve the grace of God. It's because of the blood of Jesus Christ that you have been redeemed. That word redemption or redeem means to bought back, you know, which means that uh, Jesus Christ, he bought us back when he died for us. He redeemed us. He cast his own body in uh, so that we could live. He paid the ransom. He paid the price. Hallelujah. There was an exchange 
for you by giving your by giving you his righteousness for your unrighteousness. There was an exchange. It was for his righteousness in exchange for your unrighteousness. In other words, that we we casted all of our sins on Jesus Christ, and in exchange, he gave us his righteousness by the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. So God can turn the spiritual switch in your life before you derail and get back on the right track. There's a spiritual switch that God can turn. If you confess your sins before him, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So God can throw the spiritual switch in your life to get you back on track. All you got to do is confess. All you got to do is come to him. He said, if you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. That, that word means near. To get you back on track. Remember I told you earlier that, that, that the railroad switch was not locked in place which almost caused me to derail. So we must remember to lock the word of God in our minds and in our spirits so that we can stay on that narrow road that leads to Christ. We got to lock it in, y'all. Somebody say lock it in out there. Lock it in. Lock the word of God in. Lock this covenant in. Call God back on his word. Say, Lord, you said this. And remind God of this covenant. The Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, saints of God. Before one jot or one tittle of God's word going done. In other words, things go start falling out the sky before God's word go undone. His word is guaranteed. It's a sure foundation. It's sure footing. And so we've got to lock the word of God in place. Somebody say lock it in again. We're going to look at Matthew 7, 13 through 14. It says, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. And we can see why the world is the way it is, because many have entered in uh, by that uh, wide gate that leads to destruction. Verse 14 says, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are a few that find it, a few that find life. There are a few that enter in by that narrow gate. But. We can do all things through Christ. It's not the easiest way, but we can do it through Christ. We can do it through him giving us what we need. The Bible says that we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. He says that we're the head and not the tail, that we're lenders and not borrowers, that we're the righteousness of God, that we've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. And so we have access to the most holy place. We've got access to God. And when things get difficult, we don't have to derail. When things get difficult, we don't have to fall off the tracks. When things get difficult, we can just remind God of what he said. Lord, I need your help. There are situations that I go through. I say, Lord, I need you. And I remind him of his word. Lord, you say, call on you and you'll answer me and show me great and unsearchable things that I did not even know of. Jeremiah 33 and 3. So when I need an answer, I ask for it. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek your fire, knock, and the doors will be open. Perhaps you don't have the answer because you've never asked. Start asking God. Start putting his covenant to the test. I want to end with this. You're blessed. Somebody say I'm blessed. You've been blessed since Genesis. You've been blessed ever since God created the heavens and the earth. He put a blessing on man. We're going to look at Romans 8 and 1, and we're going to end it with this. It says, therefore... 
There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Remember, the Bible says the Spirit gives life. It says that the letter kill it, but the Spirit makes it alive. So remember that you're not condemned, you're blessed. You've got the blessings of Abraham upon you, and that God will back you up because you're in this covenant relationship with him. You don't have to derail because of life circumstances. You can get on the right track, and that right track is with Jesus. The narrow road is with Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we're thankful. Father, bless everyone that's heard this message, Lord God, getting back on the right track. Father, you have plans to prosper them, not to harm them, to give them hope and a future, Lord. So I pray that everyone that hears this word will get back on track, that they will stop downing themselves and discounting themselves and saying there's no hope. When you've given us the greatest hope in the world, you've given us the greatest teacher in the world, you've given us the greatest redemption in the world, and that was through your son who came over 2,000 years ago, Lord, so that we might live. So, Father, we're thankful and we're grateful, Lord God, that you are turning hearts, Father, you are turning minds, and you are renewing people's mind and spirits, Father, so that they confess and say what you say about them. So, Father, we're thankful and we're grateful, and we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Break every yoke and every stronghold that hinders your people. And we ask it all in your Son, Jesus Christ's name. Let everyone say amen. Hallelujah. So I want to thank everyone for, for joining us for another episode of the Light Post Podcast. Uh, this is a ministry of the God and Light Church. For other messages and resources, please connect with us online. We'd be glad to have you uh, at GodandLight.org, the God and Light Church on Facebook, or God and Light Church TV on YouTube. There are some blessed messages out there on all kinds of topics and subject matters. So go out there and find us and, and, and uh Get some of that word that can hold you up and that can uh, give you a sure footing. Uh, be blessed and hope to see you the next time on another episode of the Light Post podcast. Be blessed, saints of God.